When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We do hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you ever so much for joining us for an emergency podcast. I just wonder the amount of times I'm going to be saying that this summer on Last Word on Spurs. You can find us on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're across all major audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And yes, we are back unexpectedly for what already is our third show of the week. These gentlemen as they've always done, answered the late, late, late call, or should I say the early, early morning call, depending on what time you're listening to this, watching it as to what's happening to this football club. Let's bring in the wonderful panel that try and provide some kind of therapy once again to what Tottenham Hotspur are doing to us. Lee McQueen is back on last one on Spurs. Mm. Sport on a turn. Macca, is that as good as it gets? <laughs> what a turn? No, I can, I can get I more mean, turn I'll gem- just generally. I can, I can definitely get more turn than this. Don't worry about that. No, look, I mean, look, it's good, good to be back. Um, I, I'm trying to delve into my positivity, uh, that my depth of positivity from back in the day. And I just can't, I just can't do it. I'm trying to keep the faith, trying to keep the faith. And I just, it's really, really tough right now. I mean, what I would say just quickly, I know we're going to get properly into it, but um, there, there's, there's so many rumours and so much hype and so much stuff that you don't know really what to believe so we're going to talk about stuff that that may or may not happen and and that's where it becomes really difficult but look we're here for the therapy sessions there's a lot of people that don't think of it as therapy sessions but there's a lot a lot of people that do and and I'm one of them and and that's why I'm back mate so uh let's get into it my man yeah absolutely I know many calling this for them the uh the big boys are here it's a very serious conversation. So the men are in here. And my God, what's going to come in this conversation? It means, of course, this man is back on last word on Spurs. Been quiet for the last few weeks without him. What's going on? We've got the wonderful Richard Cracknell back. Mr. Cracker's in the house, Cracks. About time, mate, you were called back for a show like this, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, great. Emergency pods. Don't we just love them, eh? Uh, yeah, evening, morning, afternoon, everyone, chaps. And uh, I'm loving Lee's backdrop and light coming in. Looking like Richard Gere and American Gigolo there with the blind, uh, blind um, shadows across the back of him. But Rick, who I feel most sorry for really is the next man you'll be introducing, Jason, who's had to rip up a multi-million pound contract he'd signed only last night to start going out as an onslaught lookalike, and now it's all gone for him. Poor man, he's he's had a double loss. So uh, it's 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 a mess, but it's just trying to keep a little bit of sense of humour and a bit of you know, it's it's not putting dinner on the table, is it? It's not feeding the kids. It's not paying your bills. It's not your health. It's football. So it's like yeah, it hurts because football means so much to a lot of us. But you know, every time I find myself just really thinking terrible thoughts about. <laughs> especially the people that run it 
I just try and rein myself back in with a little bit of like, come on, you know, this is this is just football after all. So, uh, but don't, don't let that take away from uh, just how much of a of a kick in they're probably going to get this evening. So, uh, crack on, Rick. Evening, everyone. Yeah, mate. Listen, love to have you back on. And a man that always says to me, "Don't get me on for the post-match games." Don't get me on when there's drama, but he always seems to find a way back for it. And now, of course, he can't even become an Arnie slot lookalike for the bloody job. Jason McGovern's back. But I mean, the good news is they can still use me head as a bowling ball. So I'm I'm well aware of that. And uh, it it spins around so much my head because I'm a Tottenham supporter that it it comes quite naturally as a bowling ball. So it's been a... I've tried not to, to buy into any particular name, be it Nagelsman, be it Slot, be it uh, Keith Birkinshaw, be it Uncle Tom Cobbley. I don't don't really just trying to separate it until some some name turns up. I expect we'll get the the number one target that we was always interested in, but it'll be the probably about the seventh or eighth number one target that we were interested in, if you see what I mean. But uh, it's just just a mess, isn't it? And here we are. How many days past Conte going? Fifty odd days, having told them apparently in January anyway. So you could be saying we're we're hundred and fifty days in, and still no sign of a manager. And it's um, you know I keep seeing the, the the things about Daniel Levy. Stay away from the football side because he's a brilliant businessman. But I tell you what, there's not a brilliant businessman that would be acting like he is at the moment. So. Uh, that's where we are, mate. Yeah. Well, let's... Now, I have to timestamp this because the show we recorded last night was outdated within four and a half hours. So um, I won't tell you what time I was up editing that absolutely wonderful show to then be completely outdated with two children under three and a wife that wants me to take a break from this absolute shambles that is Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I mean, you can't quite honestly make up what is going on but we'll try and dissect and understand. And hopefully these guys will be able to tell you what is going on again. Thank you so much to our watching audience, our viewers and loyal listeners that ask us to try and provide you with some form of therapy. They call it to what's happening right now. Lee, let me start with you tomorrow for our watching audience. And for our listeners and audio will be today marks two months since Antonio Conte departed Tottenham. And Spurs are no longer, or should I say, no closer to his successor as things stand. And just when you think it can't get any more embarrassing or more painful to be a supporter, somehow this hierarchy, this ball managed to find yet an absolutely new low. And I said on our previous show that I've come to a point where I'm not even excited anymore about the next manager. I'm not even inspired anymore. I can't allow myself to be for the thought of being continually let down. I'm beyond the point of anger. I'm just disappointed. Tell me, Lee, what you feel at the moment being a fan and waking up to the news today that Arnie Slot will not be Tottenham's next manager. And just in general, the fiasco so far of this managerial search. We've been here before. We've been here before under Nuno, 72 days. We're on day 57 today. This is exactly what happens when you don't have a plan and a vision. And for those of you that follow me or watch this un- unbelievable show that Rick and all of us put together every every single week, if you're sick of me saying it, then I'm sorry. 
I'm saying it again because this is the reason why you cannot recruit somebody. This is the reason why the recruitment at this football club is being at, at best shambolic over a long period of time. You cannot bring somebody in with an ethos or a, a, a vision or a culture if you haven't got one yourself. It is absolutely impossible. And this is what happens is that we're scrambling around. Now, I do want to say this um, first and foremost is that we don't know for a fact all these names that have been linked to us, as Jason would say, we don't know for a fact if the club's been talked to them. We don't know that. We don't know for a fact if they've had meetings with them and so on and so forth. What we do know for a fact from our sources and from if I can call them that, we're not journalists, but from people that report them that, um, look, we're, we're, we're pretty well connected as well now. What we do know is that we do know that they spoke to Julian Nablesman and, and his representatives. And what we do know is they have spoken to Slot's representatives as well. What we also do know is they never picked the phone up to even have a conversation with Maurizio Potticino. So people will say to me, I'll oh, get over it, Leon Potticino. It's not about Poch not being appointed. It's about the fact that we didn't even have a conversation. And that is because we don't know where we're going. Do you see where I'm coming from, guys, viewers and listeners? We we don't, we haven't got a vision. We've got Scott Munn, you know, bless him. Right? He's probably going to be really good. But he doesn't start his role for another 35 days, you know, at the end of the day. So we're trying to find a director of football, which we haven't had, by the way, for 35 days since uh, since Paratigi, um uh, resigned or stepped down. We haven't had a manager for 57 days. We haven't got the new uh, chief uh, footballing officer not starting for 35 days. This is a this is an utter mess. And the club might be working behind the scenes really hard to get this sorted out. But that doesn't help us as just as fans. We have no idea where we're going and what we're doing. And yeah, James Spurs fan says, yeah, already looking forward to tomorrow's show because this one, whatever we talk about today, it's going to be outdated. The amount of names that have been thrown around is just, they don't even play the same style of football, a lot of these different names. You've got a Luis Enrique who is going to play tick-attacker football and need a whole new technical midfield right, before we even start seeing that football with a great respect to our current midfielders, versus an Arne slot who, you know, lots of people didn't even know about, lots of people weren't even that interested in, lots of people were underwhelmed by it, but as soon as he's turned us down, or, sorry, as soon as he's decided to stay with Feyenoord and sign a new contract with them, everyone's up in the air about it all. So you have to try and move, you can make your own opinions about the different noises, but one thing is for a fact, we haven't had a new manager for 57 days. We haven't got a director of football for the last 35 days. Our new chief footballing officer doesn't start for another 35 days. And it's seven days until the season ticket renewal deadline moves forward. How am I meant to make a proper monetary decision for my family and for myself when I have no idea where this football club's going. And I put a poll out earlier, and I, it's still going, so feel free, at Lee McQueen, have a look at the poll. And yes, it's only Twitter. Yes, it's uh, it's social media. But it's important to try, to try and you know, use um, uh, with the media that we can to, to have a look at where we're at. And people are just befaffled. They have no idea where we are, what we're doing. We're 89% of the poll of over 8,000 votes. 89% of people are like, I feel so disconnected to this club, which is what you were saying at the beginning of the show, Rick. So 
I mean, I'm I'm in one of them. Something has to change. Something needs to change now. And it can't be knee-jerk either. Something has to change. And to put a positive spin on it, I think everything that's happening to us right now has to it can only be a good thing because surely we have to hit rock bottom before you can start going back up again. And I'm I'm not sure we've hit rock bottom yet, but we're not far. We're not far. We are not far. So that has to be a positive, right? Because once rock bottom's hit. The only way is up, as a, as there was a um, a vocalist once sung. I mean, if this isn't rock bottom, I, I dread to think what more is to come. I mean, Cracks, your views on Spurs now are even becoming so in, insightful that you're now getting uh, clubs from the Championship, League One, League Two, tuning in to hear what's going to come out of your mouth. And I'll, <laughs> we'll wait with bated breath for that. Um, Spurs are currently, as we as things stand, 12 days away for our viewing audience and and it's now 11 days away for our listeners and audio from eclipsing the 72 days it took them to appoint Nuno Espirito Santo in 2021. Today is day 60 for our viewers, 61 for our listeners and audio, and they have not got a replacement for him. As much as Spurs, of course, we understand, want to avoid the mistakes of repeating those errors they made in the summer of 2021. That is how many fans feel already. And ultimately, I think it's even worse if you consider, I think Jason said this in the green room, that, we actually have known for a long, long time Antonio mm. Conte wanted to leave the football club. And yeah. I've got to say, you know, it is absolutely embarrassing seeing this being played out across social media in the eyes of the world that we need a new manager and we are no closer to understanding who that man is. And everything which is just so publicly on display, it's utterly poor, however you want to look at this, isn't it? Oh, massively so. Rick, but, you know, Tottenham Hotspur, okay, we haven't won a lot recently under Enoch, but this is a big football club, not just in the UK, in world football. This is a big brand football club. It's got a long history, a long heritage. You know, it's a club. There's no other club in the world called Hotspur, to, like for starters. That's that's unique. Um 51 push and run side, the 61 double side, first British club to win a European Cup. I mean, it's a fine history. It's a fine traditional club. And it's been taken to another level with the stadium and, and, you know, all the peripherals with it. And yet here we are looking at what's going on and the way it's being run. That's... It's just, it's beyond belief, Rick. It's it's a travesty. It's such a makes a mockery of everything this club has like built up and become over the last hundred odd years. And to to see a club of the of the size of Tottenham and standing to go seventy odd days, as you said, without a manager, to have no director of football, to have no women's team manager. Um, again, no manager, and and Jay said, you know, he was right back in January. There, there's Conte begging to be sacked. It, you know, he's coming out, and we all, everybody in football, if you understand football, knows what Conte does. And the moment that in January he started making those noises, the club should have been okay, we really need to find our successor for him. 
they knew it was coming. There's no coming back from that. And we said so on shows, but, you know, they, they plough on. Maybe they got talked into keeping him on by a director of football who also had the sword of Damocles hanging over him with this investigation. And we took it, him on knowing that. And, uh, Rick, it's just, it's, it's just not good enough. I don't, I don't think that Enoch or Daniel Levy or Donna Cullen are doing this on purpose. I just don't think they've got it in their locker to be able to run it properly. I think it's just their competencies are not up to the job. It's as, it's as simple as that. And, you know, all this going on with slot at the moment, if you can filter out all the what's got fed into it and what might be true and what isn't is and isn't true, um, the overarching thing of it all is that this this club has now been sixty days without finding the next manager. This that that's you know that just does not go on at well-run football clubs with well-run mechanisms within the football club. I mean, you take somewhere like Brighton, Potter goes, in comes Deserby because they got a plan in place. You know, th- 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 there's such a healthy uh, environment around Brighton, I, I bet you that if Paul Barber was to leave there, he would actually help Tony Bloom find his successor. He wouldn't just walk out the door because there's such a healthy, good environment at that club. He'd go, OK, Tony, I've been made an offer. I can't turn it down. Let's find my replacement. That's what goes on at well-run clubs. They lose players. Two more coming. Because their scouting network is right, it's correct. Everything surrounding that club is is correct. It's everything we are not. All the members of staff, 20% bonus. So when you go into the club or the training ground now there, you know, the person just cleaning in the training ground, 20% bonus in their back pocket. The people serving the food up in the canteen at the training ground, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, the groundsmen, everybody. So you're going into a club where everybody feels motivated, smile on their face. This rubs off on the first team. I don't care what anybody else says, the club environment will feed into the first team. They're not within a within a bubble. And you look at look at Spurs, to a 20% bonus. People would just like to be happy to be working now. You know, there's 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 a culture of people that I speak to. I'm you know staff are generally not happy. That's you know just people around the club with no real high up sort of like job title. There, it's just not a happy working environment. So, you know, take away everything else with this slot appointment. Whoever comes in, Rick is coming into a poisonous environment, a poisonous workplace, a, a dysfunctional workplace with no proper culture. So whoever it is will only get so far because everything around them is wrong and off. It's just not a good place to be. And I think this is why we just keep getting turned down. All the noises that you keep hearing, you know, Jose Mourinho, all right, listen, he was, think of him what you will. 
and he was partly to blame for, for this. Conte, think of him what you will, partly to blame for this as well. But they've both come out and, and said, more or less like outright said, the culture of the club under these owners isn't right. Pochettino told us it. We've got to kick on. And we didn't. I mean, how many football people do you have to hear say that before you go, well, do you know what? Maybe maybe there is some, some problems there. So, honestly, Rick, until these people go, and I do want them gone, I want Enoch to get out of the club, this, this is going to continue. This will continue. Whoever we appoint, 18 months, two years down the line, we're all back here again looking at a big list of people turning us down again. You can't Jay, keep burning so managers, can you? You can't keep no. burning managers. Can they, can they all be wrong? Can they all be wrong? I mean, Jace, to bring you in, I'm really glad, Cracks, you mentioned Paul Barber there. And I think if anybody has not checked out or listened to or watched the High Performance podcast with Paul Barber, Brighton CEO, once at Tottenham, who held a very high up role there, please go and listen, watch that. And don't tell me when you hear that man speak that you don't feel he could be adequate and do a job at Tottenham. I have said it for a long, long time on this show that I'm really, really concerned that we've lost good people, good footballing people in and around the club. Simon Felstein being another one, our former press officer. And again, when you go and listen to Paul Barber, it's beggar's belief how we've allowed that man to leave the football club and go to Brighton. And you look at Brighton, as Cracks mentioned there, the actual plan of action. Brighton, not only did they lose Graham Potter, they lost his entire backroom staff and recruitment team. And they've still found a way to not only replace them, but actually kick on. It is beggar's belief how Spurs have allowed this last three, four years to really meander out. And Jace are in a position now where this is the second time in three years Spurs are involved in a long, drawn-out search for a head coach. 60 days now since it began. 13 days more to beat the version of 2021. And if Julian Nagelsmann was the Antonio Conte of 2021, does that make Arnie Slot the Paolo Fonseca? I just, honestly, I am really at a point there, Jason, where I'm becoming speechless and so uninspired by what is happening in and around the football club at the moment, Jace? How are you feeling about it? Lee's right. I think you're right. Everyone is so disconnected, um, almost disinterested. As I feel sorry for whoever takes over because we'll instantly all think, oh, he's going to be liked by, what, 20% of people at the most, probably, whoever we get. So, you know, when you're, you're asking for a new manager to have patience, and 80% 80 of them are already against him. As soon as he asks us two or three defeats, the, the, you know, out come the daggers again, don't they? So, you know, we're not going to be, we want a club that's unified and, and, and sticking together and things like that. That's not going to happen because we'll be fractured straight away. Um, and it, it's a mess, you know, you look as you're right, you know, Brighton replaced Graham Potter within what, within, 10 days, I think, Deserby was was in place. Um, and, and that's how it should be. And, you know, we, the fact that we went through this process two years ago to end up with Nuno, and we haven't learnt our lessons from it then. And this is why, you know, when people keep saying he's, he's a brilliant businessman, you think, no, it, he's, he stinks as a businessman now. You know, these, these are ridiculous things for us. For a chairman or a chief executive or whatever to be doing to a football club, 
we're in a mess that that it would appear to, to me it has the feel that managers are in, who would be interested in the job want to see who the director of football is we're no closer to appointing a director of football so you know for a club that's or for, for anyone that wants to take a job and, and you go in there um you know think about us in our everyday job you you take the job description we don't even know what the job description for the manager is are we just trying to be a a, a transition team next year that tries to play good football are we trying to push for a european place do we still think we're capable of pushing for a top four place what's the director of football like are we going to buy young players are we going to buy experienced players none of that job description is written because the person that writes a job description isn't even in place so you know, if you think about it, if you're going to go and work for Marks and Spencers or Shell Oil or or come to Phoenix Fifty One, really, and say, "What's my job?" Uh, well, not quite sure about it yet. I mean, because your boss isn't installed yet, so he, he might get you to clean the filing cabinet out, or he might get you to, you know, make the tea. You you don't have a clue what what job you're applying for. So, how can a serious manager want to come there? And serious managers must really look at it and think they've burnt Mourinho who's since, you know, won another trophy and he's in another European final. They've burnt Conte to the, you know, when you, you looked at the anger and everything in Conte, you thought there's a man that's totally beaten and broken. So, you know, if you're a respected figure in the game, uh, not that he's going to be linked to the job or would come, but an Ancelotti or someone like that, you'd be looking at Tottenham and thinking, Jesus Christ, what the hell does that football club do to people? Um, and... The fact that Jose comes out today and says didn't feel a connection. Conte will never feel, didn't never seem to have a connection on day one. That tells you so much. And Con and the, the, the Mourinho thing, and don't get me wrong, I despised him, never wanted Mourinho. I'll, I've, I've always said that. But for him to be talking about the, the Mr Levy club at the end, it just shows you the, 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 the shadow that he puts over the club, the control that he's got. And we're not going to break free from that cycle all the time he's there. Hi everyone, Crackers here with the rundown for your upcoming events. Friday the 19th of May, Hardwick AFC. Have a fundraiser evening with Dean Saunders at Hardwick Social Club in Gloucestershire. Friday the 26th of May, H2O Promotions. Have an evening with Razor Ruddock at Dartford FC. Saturday the 23rd of June, Michael Dawson is at Hereford FC for the Herefordshire Official Spurs Supporters Club. And Thursday the 14th of September, the one and only Alan Brazil is at Mumbai Square Restaurant near Liverpool Street Station in central London. That's an evening with Alan, a two-course curry meal, meet and greet and everything else you get with such a great evening. Please go to closeencounter.events for further details and tickets. So there you go. I'm at Mr. Cracknell across the socials where I'll put up details of all these events, posters, etc. Cheers then. Lee, coming over to you. Until Thursday morning, it appeared slot. It feels so dated, this now. I even feel now this is such an utter irrelevance in what's going to be this next manager. But he appears to be heading to Spurs. The talks were ongoing between the two representatives. And there was a sense that the Dutch champions were resigned to losing their head coach. And it was only a matter of time before he was going to become Spurs' 
head coach. We woke up then, of course, this morning, Thursday morning, to a statement which he said, I've read the rumours, but my wish is to stay at Fiennor to continue to build what we have built over the past two seasons. My wish is to stay to continue working on what we've created. There is not and there has not been transfer conversation. And yesterday's meeting was exclusively for an extension. All talks with the club have always been only in that sense, looking forward to next season with Fiennord. Now, I think we all, listen, we all know whatever everyone seems to think that he has had some form of communication with Tottenham. Spurs' camp seemed to already be vehement in that they he was one of a list. It didn't get as far as that to the point of where he was close to being appointed. But we're hearing reports that Spurs walked away from the deal because of a disagreement over compensation. Fiennord wanting 10 million for slot, then extra 5 million plus his backroom staff. And it's understood that cost would have got up to around 15 million, a price more than double his release fee for next summer, around the 6 million mark. So, Lee, I probably ask you to read between the lines on this, but what do you think ultimately has gone wrong here? Because we've heard reports also that, from his perspective, he had some issues with how he would work in this current structure and system without a director of football already being in place, going back to Jason's point. I think it's every, I think it's all of that. I mean, it's almost like we keep going around in circles, but you know, chatting it through. I think it's all of that. I, I think we got played as well by by the agent. I think you know the, the agent has used uh, us as well to talk up a new contract, double, triple the money or whatever slots got. Um, I think one of us um, on on the private WhatsApp group months ago said the same thing. You can look at company. Company got a new five year contract on the table off the back of like being linked. So just because you're being linked and, uh, you know, through the media side of things, I think a few people said today, we've been played by the media, Tottenham are being played by the media. I think that's got a part in it. I think there's a part in it for um, the, the money side of things. You can't get away from that. Like there's so many scenarios now where you can see that Daniel Levy um, is, is haggled over certain things. Jack really springs to mind, for example, all done, all done in the building, all, all haggling over five million quid or whatever it was, and on a mo, and then it didn't go through, and he's just won his second Premier League title, Jack, now. Um, you know, you, you look at, you know, sliding doors moments that we've had in the past with Harry Redknapp wanting certain players and getting different defenders, and Jose wanting spin wrong, getting Roden. And so you've got to look at the money side of things, even though they have invested in the club in certain areas, like it's always them key decisions. What I would say about the money thing, it doesn't make sense to me at all. 15 million for, for, for a manager when you go and spend, you know, 67 million on Undembele is is is, re- is really cheap, isn't it? Considering the, ma- the main man, the main person in the football club is the manager, right? So I, I don't understand why people, when people worry about, oh, it's a 10 million release clause for a manager or 50, it's, it's actually relatively cheap um, if, if you wouldn't even bolt back an eyelid and pan that for a player. Maybe Daniel would. But, you know, so so I think there's a lot there's a lot going on there. I think that um, the problem that we... I think the biggest problem that we've got, that disconnection piece that we've all been talking about, it's over 9,000 votes now. 90% of people are saying that they, they don't even know the club are. Now, I got, you know, I, I had a bit of a Twitter exchange with a friend of ours, actually, a friend of, you know, Jamie on, on Twitter, uh, Jamie uh, Weir, and he he was talking about, you know, come on, the 90s were worse than this. And and, and he's right, like, the 90s were terrible. Um, but I don't I don't have as much, I'm not as, I wasn't as immersed in the 90s Tottenham as I am in the 2023 Tottenham, doing these shows, the social media elements, the, the connections of what we've all got. Now, I wasn't a season ticket holder, for example, in the 90s. And now I am a season ticket holder. So 
I just think that there's my feelings are the disconnection between where we are and what the club are trying to do or not what they're trying to do for 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 them for them reasons is the, is the major issue. They don't know where they're going, and we have to get somebody. Into, there's no leadership. I'm, you know, there's no leadership in this club. We're in crisis. We think we're in crisis. Other uh, fans of other clubs think we're in crisis. The media think we're in crisis. Yet we hear nothing from the board. Like nothing. Like we had one. One interview through via Adam, good guy Adam, for, from with Paratici before he left, you know, and it didn't really give us anything. And 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 then we've had one one uh, interview, if you like, or conversation with Daniel Levy when he was done the Cambridge thing. But we have no idea where we are, what we're going, who we are. When I first started supporting Tottenham Hotspur, and and crackers, you alluded to this earlier, and the uh, you know push and run football and all that sort of stuff, obviously way before my time, but. We had a tradition. We were the FA Cup winners. The record times we'd won the FA Cup in 1991. That was the record time. We haven't won an FA Cup since. Do you know what I mean? So like the, the club has completely changed. Completely changed. And I'm saying it's, it's lost all of its core values. The core values of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club have gone. And we need to get them back. And that, that is with a change of, of ownership or a change of leadership. It's very easy to say I want a, a change of ownership, but who's going to come in is one point. But a change of leadership is, is easier. And I, and I just want to point this out as well. You talk about Paul Barber and you talk about, um, uh, what, I've forgotten his name, the guy that's over at Aston Villa. He used to be at Chelsea. Um, someone remember his name, but uh, was uh, Christian Perslow. Thank you. I can really read. Nice one, Jace. Uh, Christian Perslow. They are chief executives. They're, they're CEOs, they're chief execs of the football club. They're not the chairperson, chairman or chairwoman. Karen Brady is obviously a chair, chairperson. And, and David, uh, and uh, obviously the two Davids, unfortunately one of them has passed, is, it, were, are the chair people. But they're the chief executives. We don't have a chief executive at Tottenham. Daniel Levy is the chairman. He's not the chief executive. And there is a different role from what Daniel Levy's doing to what chief executive's doing. And I'm hoping that Scott Munn coming in as chief footballing officer fulfills that role of chief executive. And if you do go and spend some time listening to Paul Barber's uh, interview with Jake and Damien on the High Performance Podcast, he talks about that structure quite clearly. You've got Tony Bloom, who's the owner stroke chairman. You've got um, Paul Barber, who's the chief executive, which we don't have at the moment, right? And then you've got the management team. You've got David Weir, who's a technical director or the director of football. And then you've got the manager and the management team. So, we're missing so many layers. And the problem that I've got, Rick, with looking at that structure and what, whatever they're doing behind the scenes, because they, they have to be doing something. I know I know a lot of images and it makes me belly laugh every time crackers you post the clown's car on fire. Um, every time you post it, I'm, I'm thinking, is that, is that is that what they're doing in their board meetings? Obviously, they're not. I mean, let's, you know, let's be respectful. They're not doing that. Well, but, <laughs> I don't know, are well, they? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in the boardroom. But but the point I'm making is that they are obviously trying to do stuff. But whatever it is has to have some sort of level of structure and vision around where we are. And I just want to hear. I, I don't just want to hear. For those people who want me to say Levy out and back the Levy out stuff, I want change. And if, if Daniel Levy can't deliver what, what we need as a club, then he has to move on. He has to move away. He has to give the responsibility to someone else. I'm saying that. I'm, that is what I'm saying. I'm backing that. I, I don't... But saying a ink out, get get them out. That's fine. Get them out. But I want to have my football club back. And whether or not that's through a ink, or if it's not through a ink, I just want 
my football club back to be enjoying football and have a a vision and a place of where we're going to be and where we're going to go. We just haven't got that. No one can disagree with me on that point. We have no identity. We don't know who we are or where we're going. We have no idea what football we're playing. There's no tactical now. We don't know how to approach. We have no idea. And to give that, with the greatest respect, I think Ryan's going to be a brilliant coach, but to give that level of responsibility to Ryan Mason, who's got six years coaching, but hasn't got that experience around anything else that we're talking about. The, the problem is much bigger than just the manager. This is why I agree with Jace Crackers and you, and we've said this loads of times, viewers and listeners making some massive points, is that the fact of the matter is that whoever comes in now, they're still going to inherit them problems, which is why I kept banging the pot drum, because he was the one... He is the one guy that that not only could give us give us the you know the, the appease the fans a little bit longer or whatever, but he was the one guy that could understand what that structure and where we were before this shit show. Excuse my language, which has been win now manager sack him six days before cup final uh, take on a Nuno what the hell seventy two days win now manager in terms of Conte. I understand where you're coming from earlier, Crackers and, and Jace, when you're saying Conte wanted to go in the January. If he wanted to go in January, why the hell appoint him in the first place? Like, what went wrong? Like, he got us top four. And where we are today, the guy was a genius, wasn't he? To get us to top four. He said it himself. And we're thinking, oh, you're just an arrogant sod, uh, Antonio. You're just a miserable, you know, uh, scientist or whatever. You know, you love. But actually, when you look back on what he, what he said and what he'd been doing, and also the stuff that he'd been going through in his personal life, to get us into the top four last season with the team that we had compared to where we are now does look like a genius move, doesn't it, Rick? It does. It really, really does. Cracks one come over to you. I mean, I just don't think we've just fully grasped just how much our reputation has fallen over the last few years. Maybe that's unfair to say that. I know many of us do feel that. But we're becoming at a point now, Cracks, where this managerial position is a poison chalice. We heard Jose Mourinho come out today, as Jason alluded to, and said he feels absolutely nothing for this football club. He referenced <laughs> the point that maybe it's because he was obviously managing the club during COVID and there was no fans in the stadium. But Daniel Levy denied him from winning a trophy. Of course, given the form Spurs were in at that time, maybe they wouldn't have gone on to win a trophy. But Jose's record tells you that he generally does get the job done. Yeah, it just, yeah. It, just it just feels like now, Cracks, that any decent manager would rather stay away and preserve their own name, then work under the current structure and regime. Is that how you feel right now, that the job is ultimately, for many now, quite simply, not as attractive as it once was, despite the stadium, despite the training ground, despite having Harry Kane, despite having a number of what looked like good players, potentially, it's just such a poison chalice rich now, this job. Yeah, because, you know, people in football talk. Rick, you know, you get conferences and on the phone and it, it, no matter what club you're at, players from different clubs are pals. There'll be people that, that play at Tottenham that have got, uh, you know, pals that play for Arsenal and you see it quite often and it's that, that, that permeates right the way through football. So the managers will all talk. They meet before and after game. They go into each other's office after games and and they chat. So everybody knows what's kind of going on at each other's clubs and what's what the setups are there. And 
look, you just you look at Tottenham. Somebody said about Darren Hills. We lost Darren Hills. We lost Paul Barber. We lost, as you said, Simon Felstein. We've lost, we've lost, we've lost. I mean, there's just so many people, football people, people that genuinely understand their roles that have had to go. I mean, all you've got to do is join the dots. And it tells you that there's something just not right at Spurs. So this is what I've said in my first piece. It's all very well going and getting new people in. If we wipe the slate clean today, and we bring in a director of football, um, you know, the chief operating official of football, the manager, and bring a whole new team in, start afresh, and they start to take a look at the squad. If when they get there, you've got the chairman and his little groovy gang in the boardroom continually meddling and getting involved in decisions that they've employed people to make, but then override them, you, you're going to go nowhere. So it is the culture of that boardroom that has to change. It has to. But for me, now, nah, Rick, that's not going to change. This is who they are. This is what they do. This is what they've done for 20 years. We're not going to get a light bulb moment. We're not all of a sudden going to get a, a switch flipped. And, you know, Daniel Levy and cohorts turn around and go, OK, right, there, there you are. You've got that job. You get on with the role. You just report back to me. Tell me what you need. We'll tell you if that's doable. Um, yeah, exactly. We're all, <laughs> we had a lack of a lock picker, as one of the comments just said. Now... Blimey, we're missing the door, the lock, the frame, like the bricks around the door, the door mat, the letterbox, the knocker. Try the house. The, the house. The ring. Like the bloody, hit the bloody foundations. That's the foundation. Honestly, you know. But the thing is as well, it, it is the, the foundations. Paul Barber, we'll go back to him, going to Brighton. Some a club like Tottenham Hotspur, and this is with massive respect to Brighton, who are an incredible club with incredible people there. You shouldn't be having going from a Tottenham to a Brighton to go and do your job and, and work well. This is Tottenham Hotspur. Do you know you shouldn't be losing staff like that to a Brighton? How terrible must it be that he's had to go? to a club with the stature of Brighton. And I know this sounds really awfully arrogant, but I really genuinely on my kids' lives don't mean it that way. This, you know, Tottenham's Brighton, but with like it's, it's a football club, but it's got three noughts on the end of it compared to what Brighton do. But at the moment, it's, it's day and night. So this is why I keep saying I want them gone, Rick. I do want them gone. Because even if we bring wave a magic wand and bring in the whole new team tomorrow morning, they'll still be meddling. They'll still be going back to the board and saying, this is what this club needs. This is We've got the money for it. We've got the revenue streams to bring this person in or do this or do that. And it goes back to the boardroom and they take a look at it and they go, 
No, no, no. Look, we think there's a better option here and we can save 10 million quid on it. You know, this is things we've spoken about for years and years and years on the show now, Rick. The Lonsdale trainers, night trainers, isn't it? You know, as soon as we have anybody on the football side of this club beginning to look in the window of Mapping and Webb, Enix tugging on their arm, aren't they, on the high road? No, 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 no. I've seen the same thing in Elizabeth Duke, like, for sale. Same bit of jewellery. Come and look here. This is what you're dealing with. So you can bring in the best of class, but you have to support them. You've got to go with them. And they're not going to do it, Rick. They are absolutely not going to do it. And, you know, Lee's right. You can't just sell a club of this size overnight. It's not going to happen. But for me, sometimes life is about principled stands. That's why I went and stood with the protesters last Saturday, because even if you're not going to get it, go and ask for it. At least be principled and say, I want you gone. I now want you out. I've had enough. This is beyond you. And it's not fair to the fans. And it's not fair to the heritage of the football club. So until everything changes, nothing changes, Rick. It's ingrained in us, isn't it? And this is the problem. Because if, if it was is another it business, if if we you can't go anywhere, if, yeah, if, Sainsbury's, go anywhere. if Sainsbury's treated you this badly, you, you'd go and shop in Waitrose or Tesco's or wherever, wouldn't you? If yeah. you know, if you kept going to the petrol station and you, you couldn't fill up at BP, you'd go and use Shell Oil or Texaco or something. But football club is the one business you just can't. Just doesn't happen, doesn't it? You know, we're right. Harry Kane or show some ambition, go and win trophies at Man United, but. As a supporter, you can't. That it's just not an option, is it? And this no, is the no. annoying thing that Levy will always know. He's got us by the the short and curlies because whatever we do, us punters will still want to go and watch Tottenham Hotspur because you know. And, and I see this with with people saying, which is I, I think very unfair. How some season ticket holders are being bullied. Oh, and you're part of the problem because you buy a season ticket. Well, you know, some people have had a season ticket for 40, 50 years. They've got all those loyalty points and they should chuck them all away. And then in 12 months or 24 months or whatever, when Enoch do go and he wants to be a season ticket holder again, he can't be. You know, he's been a season ticket holder. He, he was the, the season ticket holder now that, that should chuck his season ticket away was singing, we've got our Tottenham back when Levy took over. So, you know, it, it just shows you, you can't do that. You can't do that. But it's, I think we've run kind of dry in the last few weeks of disappointment after disappointment of trying to comb through the absolute shambles as a football club we are. And, and you're right. I mean, Crackers and I went to Division 2 games. We know what relegation feels like. Um, you know, I can remember being at Plough Lane watching us lose 5-1 to, to Wimbledon. That was a damn low. But, you know, it's it doesn't mean that, that you just look at it now and think, oh, well, it's not as bad as it once was. By, by the standards of what we are, by the fact that our chairman constantly told us that this stadium will be a game changer. This will see us compete with the best teams in the country. Now, I'm not saying that that to me didn't mean that we'll go and spend 600 million, but that we'd be competitive and we... We, we took that period and a lot of us, I wouldn't say backed him, but we understood and we could think, yep, yeah, you know, when you're building the stadium, it will be tough, like Arsenal have found it and like others have found it. But 
for it was for the hope of something better and we're sitting here today looking like the the club that we were when AVB went and we put Sherwood in charge which was what seven eight years ago and so what has that what what game has that stadium changed what has it changed we just all it's done is change the income stream isn't it Bang on, there, there Bang is too much focus on non-football stuff. That poor, I mean, the, the Paul Barber uh, interview, I mean, it's a fascinating interview. The way he said, we prepared to be a Premier League club before we got to the Premier League in the sense that, that that final summer when we came up, we didn't have to lay football pitches. We didn't have to do sponsorship deals. Our whole focus was on being a Premier League club. Everything else was in place before we got the promotion. And you look at us and, and everything is, is so far all over the place. And yet we can plan for Formula One and things. And I'm not against those those events bringing money to Tottenham, but the, the focus has got to be football. And sadly, it isn't. It just isn't because we would not be in this shambolic mess if we were fully focused on what was happening. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Jace, to stick with you, the one question I want to close this show on. Now, we know, obviously, from sources that the Spurs job is being felt like now the manager's graveyard. And it has been suggested that some prospective head coaches have looked at it and just been given a pause and a thought, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? So on that basis, Jace, to close it, I find it bizarre I might even ask you this question because I've got to be able to say that where I am right now, and maybe I'll change my feeling in time, but where I am right now is that the next manager to me at the moment feels a complete and utter irrelevance on the basis that we are stuck in a never-ending cycle that will continue, whether it's Pep Guardiola, whether it's Carlo Angelotti, whether it's any real top, top manager, Julian Nagelsmann you want to put in there as well, for me, nothing changes. Even Maurizio is to come back. I don't think he would be able to change what we find right now. So is there anybody, Jace, out there for you that you look at, given the remit that they're going to have to come into without a director of football at the moment, and you feel they can pick the club up from the ground and try and give something back to our wonderful, loyal supporters that have been through so much crap in this last four and a half years, never to watch so much crap on the football pitch. We were told by Daniel Levy that he's promised us yet again, we'll have football that we're going to love come the start of the season. Tell me what you think, Jace. Who is going to take on this job, if anybody, in your opinion, at the moment where we are? We might get to a stage where the football looks entertaining on the pitch. We might do. I think, you know... I'm not. I'm not, I wouldn't say 100% in that, but I think there's a there's a chance we will do. But like I say, we don't know what club we want to be, do we? I mean, is that the remit for the new manager to just produce entertaining football on the pitch at the moment, or is the remit higher? Is 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 Daniel saying no? Nope, somebody's come in. We've got to push for top four. So if we're in the 
the the dog shit conference league or whatever it is. You know, it, it will get binned in February because oh, we're at home to we're at home to Brighton on Sunday. That's far more important than a quarter final in the dog shit league. So you know, there will be no focus on a trophy, will there? So that's the problem. We don't know. Are we going to produce young players? Are we going to buy? Like I said, nobody knows. And and those managers that we're looking at, they're all different types of managers. You know, Slot Slot got rid of most of his team. And, and Tiki Taka, Enrique, Nagelsmann, if Nagelsmann took the job, you feel like the demand on him would be to at least deliver top four football. So... I don't know what we're trying, what we want the new manager to be. So I can't have any hopes and expectations that he'll deliver the job until we even know what job he's being employed to do. Yes. It is, I say, mad. I mean, cracks come over to you if I can as we look to close this one. On the list at the moment, we've got Ange Postacoglu of Celtic, Mm -hmm. Luis Enrique, Graham Potter back on there now. And sporting boss Ruben Amarim as things stand. I know there's been links to Roberto De Zerbi, but if anyone watched that interview he had with Tony Boom the other night, I would even say to Roberto, stay where you are and bloody enjoy enjoying a good football club. Can, can that- I just say on, on that, Rick, the, the most one of the most fascinating parts of his interview for me was when he turned around and he said, um, I found out quickly we had two problems in the dressing room. Bomb. But the, uh, the chairman gave me the freedom... In, and he wouldn't talk about the problems, but I think it's easy to tell. One was obviously the Trossard scenario that did leave. One was obviously Saicedo that, that wanted to leave and ended up not playing a couple of games and things like that. So I presume they're the two things. But the way he said, the chairman gave me the freedom to um, to deal with those problems. And we do know from the Jose documentary, and we kind of know from Conte and the, the leadership group, Whenever those things happen at Tottenham, those players are part of this mess. They go to the chairman, Daniel, Danny Rose, I'm off to see the chairman. I'm off to see Daniel. And so when when that group is there that constantly undermines a manager, whoever it is, he's going to be in trouble, isn't it? And if De Zerbi had anything about him, he'd, th- he'd see that and think, you must be joking because I've got everything to work with here. And you know what? If I leave this this club it will be for a bigger and better football club at the moment than Tottenham Hotspur is yeah someone like that sad in Dublin where we are so Jay's even for you at the moment not even a name you even want to mention given the Honestly, circus Rick, we're in I, I, yes. no absolutely no, not I, I totally get it I totally get it Cracks uh, obviously similar thing I want to ask you at the moment you know there's a number of names being linked as you would imagine now we're back in mm-hmm. that cycle yet again we're 12 days 11 days away now from beating the Nuno appointment, I just honestly, when you consider how long this club has had to act, it is truly and utterly embarrassing that we find ourselves here yet again. Cracks, I feel like I broke a record asking you this. Anyone out there that can restore your faith for this football club? <clears throat> um, temporarily, yes. You, you could bring somebody in and they will get to a point uh, until they reach Enix's ceiling or they've had enough of Enix um, meddling in what they've been employed to do. So, I mean, if we, if we take that away um, for now, everything going on, look, just pick a manager, pick a style and just stick with it. That, that's, that's all I want. Just bring in a manager 
that's going to play some football. One of the basic tenets of Tottenham Hotspur is don't bring in a Jose Mourinho, a Nuno. You've got to bring in a, uh, you know, a front foot progressive attacking style of football. That's that's rule number one. So from now, you have to bring in a director of football with that vision, who will appoint a manager with that vision and who may just get the fans back on side because they're being served something up that you can actually watch. So that's that's the first thing that they have to do. There'll be bumps in the road galore because there'll be a ton of players that you've got to get rid of. That's just been a mishmash of summer Nuno, summer Potches, blimey. Some of them, I think, are still Keith Birkinshaw's there at the moment. Some of them have been there, outstayed their welcome so long. Um, and you've got, you've just got to back your manager. He needs to go into that dressing room. He needs to break up that cartel that's in there. This players uh, committee. I mean, I know every club has a players committee, but this one seems to think it's got a little bit of power. So, you know, if we bring a new sheriff into town in the Wild West and he upsets one of the cowboys and off they go to see the mayor, old Mayor Levy, that Mayor Levy needs to turn around and say to them, well, what did the manager say? Well, he said this. Well, get out of my office. Simple as that. If he said that, that's what it is. So you just got to get somebody in and do that. Now, if they do do that, eventually you come to your next problem, Rick. And I go back to this Enix ceiling that they, that they could turn things around. They could get the football right. They could get some of the players in and out right. And da 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 da. da but they'll eventually get to a point that we won't get past. And that's Daniel Levy and this board. We are only ever going to progress as far as their meddling in the football allows us. And that's not changing, Rick. That That is not changing. That's why I have just gone from reform to en for, for Enoch to Enoch out, because that, that's, where, that's where we are. And But in, as I said, in the meantime, just pick a style. Just give us something we can watch. Not cups, not this, not that, anything. Just at the moment, give us something where people actually want to go along to the game. Last Saturday, I went down to the coach and horses to watch the game. And at kickoff, there must have been 20, 25 people in there. Everybody had emptied out and gone down to the game. Do you know, in 65 minutes, that pub was rammed. That's the last home game of the season. And like, this, this is where you normally stay behind and clap the players. Da -da -da -da. 65 minutes and it was five deep at the bar again, where people had just walked out and just could not watch what they were being served up last home game of the season. If that doesn't worry the board of Tottenham Hotspur, if that doesn't worry Enoch, that is a worry. And I don't know. And I don't know if it does, Rick. I don't really don't know if it bothers them because I think they look at it and go, well, sold the ticket. They had a couple of pints at half time. Happy days. Thanks very much. We've had your money. So I, I think I, I think that's what they are, who they are. And that's that's no good for me, Rick. I can't have that.
Lee, come over to you to close it. It's, yeah, I mean, like I said, at the moment, doing these shows in the nation that we're doing them straight afterwards, and the fear is that, of course, this will be outdated very, very quickly because of the nature of Tottenham as a football club, and you just wait now for the next crisis, the no, next soap opera, the next drama in which is Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. A user there says, Lee will never change. Next season is already written off. Let me ask you, Lee, ahead of next season, we are going to need a manager, and somebody's going to take the job. Tell me what you think, Lee. Anybody out there that can give you the confidence, the conviction that this great football club, which it is still a great football club, and don't let anybody tell you any difference, still one of the best football clubs in the world. It won't feel like it right now, but believe me, we are. We are a big football club. We are a great football club. Doesn't feel like it. Doesn't feel like it, but we are. Lee, who can come in here and try and sort the utter mess that we find ourselves in yet again? Well, not a chance says that, that I want Levy because I love him. Yeah, well well done. You obviously know me then, not a chance. Not not a chance that I love Levy. You ain't got a clue, mate, um, or person, because I don't know who you are. Um, yeah, I think I did a test um, on social media. It's a little bit, bit naughty of me. I haven't said anything to anyone, but I put it out there on social media. When Scott Mum was appointed, the day he was appointed, I put a tweet out saying, Ange, incoming. I put some eyes on it and I only did it purely for the fact that he's Australian. And so is Scott Munn, like in terms of their, their, their link. That's the only reason why I did it. And that was a few months ago when it was thing and, you know, people were whatever, blah, blah, blah. I think the tweet, that'd be fun. Now, Ange is fully, fully linked with this Tottenham Hotspur manager's job. Now, I'm not saying that I did that. That is not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that... We haven't got a clue, have we? We haven't got a clue of who we want in this football club and what that plan is and where that is. So until that changes, when Scott Munn can Scott Munn can't can't physically um, start the role until July the first is our understanding because he's on gardening leave, right? So so even though he might be working behind the scenes, or whatever, he can't actively do any work. So. His role is to come in and bring in a new director of football, and his role is to come in and bring in a new manager. And he can't actually do that. So that is, again, a failing on the part of the football club or part of the board in hiring somebody too late or not early, uh, um, uh, not in early enough or in, in the right way that can actually help us when we needed it. So we have to wait. It's not Scott's fault, by the way. We just have to wait. So if Scott Munn comes in and says, my man is Ange and this is the way we're going to play and this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to go forward, then fantastic. But we're, ne- we're not going to know that until July the 1st in the minimum, because because he's not allowed to work. So I actually don't think that we can do anything different to let unless we just let the clock tick. 57 days today, 58 tomorrow, 59, 60, 70, 75, because Scott Munn can't start his job. This is the reality of where we're at. And, and Daniel Levy, Donna Cullen, the board, have enabled us to get into this situation. That that was, you know, they've also enabled our star player, our best ever player in some people's eyes, certainly that I've watched live in a Tottenham Hotspur shirt, get down to the last year on his contract. It's an absolute mess. You can't drag it up anymore. So, look, there's there's one person that, that, that could walk in the door tomorrow and, and it won't change everything. I don't think anything will change per se, but it will give us a massive lift. And that would have been Potashino. We know that ship sailed. You know he's going down to, to Chelsea. That's a done deal. Other managers, if you, I don't know. 
because you can you can link look Rogers, right? Let me tell you something about Brendan Rogers, right? He's getting a lot of stick. Brendan Rogers was right up there, maybe top two, top three before we appointed Nuno. There was a lot of loving for Brendan Rogers back in the day. And now what they've seen has happened again, it's a long time in football, isn't it, to be fair? Um, you know, it's it's the same with um it's the same with Graham Potter. No, Grant, Grant Potter was was quite favoured by quite a few people, you know, when he was at Brighton. But he's gone to Chelsea, which, let's be honest, that's a basket case of a club as well. Failed, and now if he comes to Spurs, everyone's going to be like, "What? You know, not you know, I'm not inspired by this." You know, Nagelsmann is a guy that wants top level signings. He wants Guardiola, we, uh, Guardiola. He wants Guardiola for whatever. You can't pay him 350 grand a week. What Man City's going to pay him? So therefore, Nagelsmann doesn't want to come. He doesn't want to be at Tottenham. Slot clearly now doesn't want to be at Tottenham, does he? Graham Potter turned us down bowl accounts. So I think the only, only Brendan thing... Rodgers, or there was links to Brendan Rodgers in the yeah, past. Was, exactly, exactly, yep. mate. Exactly. So the, I suppose the point I'm making, just quickly, is so we want somebody who first and foremost needs to want to be here, which I think the club have said. We want somebody to play like Cracker said that that front foot front foot attacking football to get to start to build that out. But and and again, I'm echoing this now. Until until something changes, nothing changes, and it just doesn't change. So change it or move aside. That's what I'm saying tonight. If you're not in, get out. Fair. Listen, uh, guys. I think for all of our mental sakes, we will leave it there in relation to where we are at Tottenham. I hope that's just given... Quickly, uh, Rick, one more thing, 30 seconds, right? Because I know we want to close the show, but just quickly, 30 seconds. What I would say on all of that, and I think all of that is really relevant in the whole show, is that if you get a bit of a feel-good factor back, smiles on people's faces, people start enjoying it, wanting to go back to games again, the momentum starts to build, the narrative starts to change, the perception starts to move, and all of a sudden you've got a scenario where Mike Ashley... Um, Newcastle under Mike Ashley was utter turgid. It was it was awful. Go and ask any Newcastle fan. One of my best mates in uh, season to get older at Newcastle. It was awful. Yes, they got new owners, and whether or not you think they're ethical or not, that's irrelevant. But they've got new owners. They've got a feel good factor coming in. They've got a new manager coming in. That and now they're in the top three, top four of the Premier League. It can turn around relatively quickly. I'm not saying it will. And I don't trust the board, if I'm honest, I don't trust the board to turn it around, but it can do. It doesn't take long to turn a situation around. Do the right thing and get the right people in this football club and make us be... I, I, I watched uh, I watched the Potichino, um, uh, uh when he first came to a football club. He used the word proud, right? Nuno used the word proud. I think even Antonio Conte used the word proud. Like... Change the bloody record. Everyone seems to think we'll be back here tomorrow. If we are, so I'm going to take my wife out for sushi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we are back, back here tomorrow, tomorrow. I'll tell you what, <laughs> we will have to see what this club does to us. But um, I've got to say a massive thank you to our wonderful panellists. I just have these about three and a half thousand of you that have watched us live tonight across all of our platforms. I cannot thank you enough for all of your incredible support. We've got more that watched us tonight than there was in the ending of that stadium the other week, which is quite unbelievable, really. It's absolutely staggering. Thank you so much for all your incredible support for this show. We were joined by the brilliant Jason McGovern. Jace, no longer an Arnie slot lookalike, unfortunately. That is definitely off the cards. I was just thinking, will Richarlison get his second goal before we get a new manager? <laughs> he's, at, he's, got, he's got less goals. Somebody said this stat to me the other day. He's got less goals <laughs> than he's got managers. 
Oh like, my god! What is going on here? And as you pointed out today, Lee, today, uh, you know Maurizio Pochettino should still be manager of Tottenham in his, in his contract to the what, yeah. June twenty twenty three, and we've since had six. Unbelievable! Well, Pochettino's signed, contract is still running. He signed his contract extension on this day in twenty eighteen. Can you even believe that he's still twenty twenty three? Six managers since. Craziness, Jace. Thank you so much, you mate. Can't Jace, thank you enough, mate. Sorry. Yeah, is it on? Is it, is it on permanently now? I think we might. Have I'm, to a join bit, you I'm a bit worried about Ange and Mr. Mum because it's the Ashes. We're supposed to be hating the Aussies this summer, not not oh, employing the Ashes people. So well, get, get rid of all these Australians. Just this let's summer. see where we go. Cracks, thank you so much, mate. Really, really appreciate it, bud. Honestly. We'll no worries, Rick. Yeah, so I'll see, see you tomorrow. Do you know, if you go onto Wikipedia now and type in Tottenham managers, it lists them all. Uh, it lists them in uh, an order of how long they was at the club. And if you look from the bottom upwards, I think it's Jack Santini, Nuno Espirito Santo, Beyonce after next week, because she's doing five days there, and then no manager before you start getting... To a few others, so no, by, no, I mean no, she no, she starts there on Monday. Um, by the end of the week, she actually gets on the roll of honours of managers at Spurs and goes above Jack Santini. What a club, Rick! What a club. Honestly, McQueen as Ross knows that, but I'm definitely breaking Ross. I'll tell you that now. The, the, the club are definitely breaking me. That that's for certain. Oh my god! We've been getting calls out for Beyonce to come in. Is getting that desperate? Cracked. You've been a diamond. Thanks, mate. Thank you, boys, for making this work, man. It's been a real battle to make this work. Thank you so much. And I guess we'll see what the club throws at us, quite literally, I guess. Yeah, for sure, mate. I've got to dive off, mate, because I'm interviewing in the US uh, virtually. So I'm literally got to go it's right not, now. And it's not the, not the next manager, right? Just to confirm. Just so that it's not the next manager. Well, I'll, 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 I'll be honest with you. I've got, them, I've, got, I've got a much better recruitment platform than, than anyone at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club right now. Uh, and, and I've got a damn sight better track record in recruitment over the last 23 years than anyone else there as well. So, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be happy to put my balls out on that one for sure. Well, I can hear your phone buzzing, Lee, so we better let you go. We know who's yeah. on the phone now trying to get that recruitment data. From Lee McQueen, from Richard Cradle, from Jason McGovern, from me here, guys, thank you so much for all of your incredible support. We are going to be back with you very, very soon after, of course, our final game of the season. As always, keep safe, keep well, and come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.